Awesome. Welcome back. This is our third week in our series on the Ten Commandments. If you're just joining us, uh, we are just so thankful that you could come and be a part of what we have going on. Uh, this series has really honestly been created in the season that we're in for just simply being a place where the youngest to the oldest can understand these what we would call old rules to our everyday life, but they're not old rules. They're, they're principles that we are to live off of. And today's commandment comes from Exodus 20, verse 7. And this is a very powerful verse that I want you to just process with me this morning. Think about this. Let it meditate on your mind. You must not misuse the name of the Lord your God. The Lord will not let you go unpunished if you misuse his name. And we're going to be talking about that today. A powerful Everybody truth that is for all of you. Love they do not. They, they do not. Put me down. What did you do? I got in trouble again. I got a bad report card. Bobby, that's not good. No, I, I mean, so mommy always tells me that I got my brains from Uncle Bubba. <laughs> and you know Uncle Bubba, he's kind of not smart. And then yesterday we went fishing, me and Uncle Bubba at Miller Pond, and I dropped his fishing pole in the water. And he told me I was as dumb as, as Billy Bob and them boys. Oh, Bubba. And, and you know, Billy Bob. <laughs> I mean, Billy Bob. Billy, yeah. And then, so I'm in class and the teacher's like, Bobby. And then just starts going, wah, 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 wah. And I'm like, yes, ma'am. Wah, 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 wah. And I don't know what she's talking about. But everybody always tells me I'm, I'm not smart. So I figure, why try? You are smart, Bobby. You just have to try harder. I am smart. You are smart. Everybody's smart. Nobody told me. Maybe if people started telling me I had a little bit of brains. I think you have a lot of brains. Really? Mm-hmm. Did it work? Well, we can find out if you start trying harder in school. I could try. Okay, so... I have to be on this chair for two hours this time. Wow. Because of my report card. Wow. And that's like 90 minutes? Close. Close? Okay, well, I've been on the chair so far for... Okay, wait a one, three minutes. You got a long way to go, Bobby. I know. Well, will you help me with my homework after I get off the chair? Yeah, I can do that. I can help you with your homework because I think you really are smart, Bobby. You just need to try and maybe you need some help. Yeah, I'll try. And if you can help me, I think I can get good grades. I think you can. And then maybe I can go to auto mechanic school. There you go. See? Okay. You're already thinking better. Okay, well, I'll meet you, I'll meet you later after I'm done because I have a lot of minutes left. Yeah, you do. Okay. Okay, I'll go play. You just come find me when you're done. Okay, bye. <laughs> Sally and Bobby, nice, nice. Oh my goodness. I don't know who that Bubba is he's talking about, but he seems to know something that I don't. 
Oh my goodness. Well, today we're going to be digging into that exact topic, actually, about our words. Um, in our verse today, we talked about how uh, our words, the words we use for God, impacts our relationship with Him. And likewise, our good words, just like the bad words we just saw, can have an impact on us as well. And so today we have this big idea. Now, if you're new to us and you're just tuning in, this big idea is kind of a little bit different. It's something that we do in kids ministry a lot, but really it's the main idea. And today's big idea, very simple and very straightforward. I hope you can remember this one. It is, I will use my words to speak life. And so every time you hear this sound, hey, what's the big idea? Your, your parents out here, stand up on your feet and you're going to say, I... You got that. Nice job. And that was almost like full participation from the class. Nice job. So today, it's, it is our goal to understand the importance of speaking life. Now, a lot of times we, we talk about the Ten Commandments. We think of them as, as something really old and something really long ago. But how many of you, I hope, would agree that the words that you use, whether it's in these Ten Commandments like this or in your day-to-day relationships, are important and speaking life is something that we all need. And so we're going to begin with this with this thought of what what can our words really do? What does the Bible say that our words can do? They can obviously speak life, but they can also destroy. Exodus 27 established that the misuse or speaking not life over God will affect our relationship with him. It will punish us. It hurts him. And there's a response that happens. Now, we understand this in real life, right? If, if I see somebody walking down the street and I say, George, you're really ugly. Why don't you get a facelift? That's probably not going to go well for George and me. It's going to have a consequence. We're going to have some kind of conflict of some kind. Our words affect our relationship with others. Proverbs 12, 12, 21 and 13, 3, I think said this best. Our words can ruin everything and can bring death. Now that's putting it in a nutshell, but that's what those verses said. They can ruin everything and they can bring death. Now, Proverbs 15, 1 through 4 has both good things that the words can do and bad as well. And so we're going to focus on the negative because I don't want to spend too much time on it. And then we'll focus on the positive in just a little bit. But Proverbs 15, 1 through 4 says this. Now, this is in the New Living Translation, so it's a little bit different. But it says, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but harsh words stir up anger. Hey, George, you're ugly. That's going to stir up anger, right? The wise person makes learning a joy. Fools spout only foolishness. The Lord is watching everywhere, keeping his eye on both the evil and the good. Gentle words bring life and health, and deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. So three things that I want to highlight from that passage. Not only do our words ruin everything when they're bad, and can bring death, but they can stir up anger. It can ruin one's reputation. And it can crush another person's internal state of being, their emotions. 
Now today we had a, a wonderful testimony of exactly what a word can do, not only in one person's life, but in generations on down. And I want to show that to you right now. So Liam, if you could press play on that. I was a, a little girl. Um, it was my job to work with my dad. Um, he did a lot of carpentry work and um, work in the church. He's a pastor. And um, so all day long, I would um, hand him tools like screwdrivers and holding boards and getting him everything that he needed. My dad is not a real big talker. He um, He's a pretty quiet guy. But as he would work and he'd make mistakes, he would call himself names. And the one that I remembered most was stupid. And um, he'd just say, Roy, stupid, you're so stupid. And I remember going back to mom because of course we never asked these things of dad. He, he wouldn't say much. But I remember going to mom and saying, mom, how come dad calls himself stupid? And she told me a story. She said that when he was growing up, that um, that his one of his parents would call him names and would yell at him. And um, even though the family dynamic changed completely when Jesus came into the scene when my dad was 19, that stuck with dad. And um, he continued to call himself stupid, and he still does a lot of times even today. And I didn't think about it too much, but as time went on, and I had my own children, I began to notice that I called myself stupid and my kids would ask me, mom, why do you do that? And I thought back to those days working with my dad and hearing him say that to himself. My father never said that I was stupid. He never called me names, but I heard him call himself names like that. And it changed my life. It changed the way I view things. And when I made mistakes, I felt that I was stupid too, even though he never said things like that to me. And I hit some really tough times in life. And the very first thing that came to me was, Angie, you're so stupid, you're so stupid. And I started to believe those words. And um, and I really hit some dark, dark times and that just made it worse. And what changed my life is memorizing scripture and realizing what God says about me. And he says that I am his creation that I am wonderfully made. I'm created in his son, Jesus, and I'm created to do good things that he's planned in advance for me to do. And because I repeated that scripture in Ephesians over and over and over again, um, I was able to come out of that darkness. And um, even today, I still, this record plays in my mind, Angie, you're so stupid. And every time I have to hit it with that scripture verse, no, I'm not, because God doesn't make junk. He doesn't make stupid people. And, um, and that has changed my life. Um, our words are so powerful. They can, they can kill and destroy or they can bring life. And I have seen it um, almost destroy me and destroy my dad too because there's a lot more that he could have done. And if you would know him, I wish that someone would have said to him when he was young and speak to him about all of the, the great things he is. Because he is so patient and kind. He really cares about people and he's extremely generous. That's my dad. Hmm. 
thanks, Angie, for sharing. That was a, a powerful story. I, I don't know about you, but I can sure relate my own life. Things that were just simply said over my life. Not necessarily to demean, but just, just words that I heard over and over and what that did to me and how I struggled with those exact same things. And, and I know Roy very well as he, he was the guy who licensed me when I became licensed minister. And so knowing who he is, I would never guess that that was something that he struggled with, but it is a, the dark side of each one of us that goes on in our heads constantly. Words have power and they can either destroy as in that example or in the Bible's example or they can bring life as well. We want to, we want to talk about it. We want to focus on that because Ephesians 4.29 says, let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words may be an encouragement to those who hear them. And if we take the opposite view on Proverbs 15, verses 1 through 4, we see that in this passage, I'll read it for you one more time. A gentle answer turns away wrath. The wise person makes learning a joy. Gentle words bring life and health. Those are powerful things. They can bring life and health. Think about that. Health. Have you ever thought that the words that are going on inside of your mind and coming out of your mouth can actually dictate how you're feeling. That's what God's word says. I'm not a doctor, but I I bet you there's some research on that as well that would prove that. Of course it would, because God's word says it is, so there's got to be research proving it. It turns away wrath. It encourages a teachable spirit. encourages your emotions. So we all have a choice to make, to use our words to destroy not only ourselves, but those around us, or to bring life. And today, it is my prayer that, hey, what's the big idea? My prayer that I I hope you get that today. I really do. No matter if you're listening to this 10 years from now on social media somewhere, somehow, or on our Facebook, or on our, our website, those are such critical things to get. Such foundational places inside of us. The words we use. And so, for the next few minutes as we kind of get towards the end today, I just want to focus on three areas from really Matthew chapter 22 that we quoted earlier, verses 36 through 40 that talks about our relationships. I want you to walk out of here today speaking life over your relationship with God, over your relationship with others, and one that we often don't talk about, our relationship with ourself. So going back to Exodus 20, verse 7, God says, you must not misuse the name of the Lord your God. The Lord will not let you go unpunished if you misuse his name. We must speak life over God. If we flip that passage around and start thinking about positive instead of the misuse, how about if we say we must use the name of the Lord our God in a good way, in speaking life. And if we do, we will have his, not punishment, but his favor or his blessing. The Father created you, He sent His Son for you, and He forgives you every time you come to Him in repentance. I believe that the words 
you use about your creator reflects your appreciation of what he's done for you. Reflects where your heart is with your creator. The words you use have power with God. They influence his relationship with you. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't get angry with God, right? I hope that that's not saying that I just need to stuff all of my emotions. And when I get angry, I can't let God know how I feel. Uh, That's not saying that at all. God can take your anger, your emotions, your, your sadness. He can take that. But it's the heart. It's what's inside, deep below those, those emotions. We all have emotions. We all have times where, where things aren't going well and we're going to lash out and say, God, why are you letting this happen? Why is it this way? I don't understand. It seems as if you are causing this in my life. Why, God? You can get angry. But it's our heart that matters. It's our heart. It's our desire to honor him. Hey, what's the big idea? And say, I will use my to speak life. Speak life over God. Our second one that might not be so obvious is our relationship with ourselves, speaking life over ourselves. Now, going back to Matthew 22, uh, in particular, verse 38 through 40, God establishes something. And it is that we are to love our neighbor as ourselves. And so often we, we forget the ourselves part. We are supposed to love ourselves. Now, a lot of us, we don't like that, do we? I, that, that sounds like selfish. That sounds self-serving. That, that seems contrary to what God would want. But let me ask How well can you love somebody if you don't care for yourself? If I, if I hate myself, it's, it's gonna be a conflict of interest to care for somebody else. There's not a, a self-care from within. I believe that a love for others comes from within. It comes when you yourself are healthy inside. We must have self-worth if we're going to love others so we are to love ourselves let me say this luke 12 6 and 7 i think this this would settle it a little bit this is from the passion translation which is a newer translation kind of like the message but a little different it says what is the value of your soul to god could your worth be defined by any amount of money God doesn't abandon or forget even the small sparrow he has made. How much could he forget or abandon you? What about the seemingly minor issues of your life? Do they matter to God? Of course they do. So you never need to worry for you are more valuable to God than anything else in this world. Did you get that? You are more valuable to God than anything else in this world. We need to just stop right there for a moment and let that soak in. You are valuable. And I'm going to say this, this might be sticking my neck out just a little bit, but if you don't have care for yourself, if you don't love yourself, 
then I believe according to God's word, you're, you're not loving God very well. Because there's a relationship. He loves you. And when you don't love yourself, you're saying, God, what you love doesn't matter. You matter to God. Allow that to soak in. I think some people need to hear that this morning. I know I do. That's something that I struggle with. And I think every person, if they were honest this morning, you would agree. I struggle with that. I struggle with with forgiving myself. With moving on when I've messed up. I need to find that again. And so today, will you? Stand to your feet. Hey! What's the big idea? I I... Over myself. Speak life over myself. And then lastly, we're going to speak life over others. Of course, we're going to love our neighbor as ourself. And today we have a sword drill again. And Mrs. Tina is going to come on up because she did so awesome last time and way better than me. And so she's going to come on up here and she's going to lead you today in today's sword drill. So get those Bibles out, get them ready. We even put Bibles on the tables today for you. Um, some awesome person did that for us. I noticed that this morning, Pastor Luke, because last week I went to do sword drills and went, there's no Bibles. So thank you for that. All right. Anybody new that does not know what a sword drill is, I will give you a verse reference. And basically, it's just a race to see who can get to that verse first in their Bible. And once you have it, yell, got it, and then run up here. And the first one up here to the stage will get to share that verse with the church. All right, so typically, again, we put our Bibles on our heads until you hear the music, but I like to do things differently. So today, we're going to hold our Bibles behind our backs. All right, and today's verse is Romans 14, 19. So as soon as you hear the music, you can go. Romans 14, 19. Nobody else is running. There we go. Let's have a mother-daughter duo. You want to do it with your mom, Olivia? No? Still too scary? All right. Miss Nicole, one of our favorite kid leaders. This brings back Bible camp memories. We had sword drills all the time. Awesome. Romans 14, 19. Therefore, let us pursue the things which make for peace and the things by which one may edify another. Thank you. Very good. Thank you, ladies. Awesome job. So I will read to you just one more time. This is in the New International Reader's Version. A little different than NIV, but close. It says, let us do all we can to live in peace. And let us work hard to build one another. We're to speak life over 
each other. Now, the reason I love this passage is because it does not expect perfection, right? I mean, so often I read the Bible, I'm like, oh man, that's really hard to do. I I don't think I can do that all the time. And it sure seems like I, I need to do this all the time. But this passage says this, says, let us do all we can. Let's do all we can. Doesn't ask us to do everything. It says all we can. You have limited time and limited power. You can't change the world, but you can definitely change the world for one person. And that's what we need to work at. Wherever you are, speak life over that situation. We get so overwhelmed because we got this person over here who's having a hard day and that person over there. And then, of course, if you have Facebook, everybody's having problems. And so you, if, if you carry that yourself, you will always feel the need to help somebody out. Do all you can with who is in front of you. Just find that one person and love on them. Do all you can. And that is going to take work, right? Like just one person will take work, but we do what we can for them. To summarize these these thought, thoughts, I really liked how Eric Little, uh, powerful missionary, said this. He said, we are all missionaries, okay? We. Now, I, I want to, I, I've, I've said this so many times, I feel like I kind of repeat myself, but wherever you are, you are a missionary to those people. Now, so often we think of missionaries, and this is true, missionaries are people who go to those who've never heard the gospel before. But I'm going to be a little bold and say this, that we have a lot of people in our own community and around North America that have never heard the gospel before. Sure, they know what a church is. They've seen churches. Sure, they know they, they've heard of religious people before, but they, they don't know Jesus. They've never heard of Jesus. And so you are a missionary. Whoever your neighbors are, whoever your people on Facebook are, you have people. And you are showing the light of Jesus to them. Hey! He goes on to say, what's oh, we're not the done big with idea? That we're not done with that yet. Go back, Liam. We're not done. The, the verse isn't, the, the comment's not done. Because this is the this is the meat of this here. I just had to explain that you're missionaries because so often people are like, ah, I'm not a missionary. Stop it says, wherever we go, we either bring people near to Christ or we repel them. That right there is something I want you to get today. We either bring people near to Christ through the words we speak or we repel them. The words you use, choose them wisely. Okay, something that I continually ask myself, and this is going to take time with you and Jesus. There's all, there's no other way to get to this point in your life. You have to do these three things. Go to the Father and say, help me to see and hear what you see and hear. Help me to see that. Help me to hear. Help me to feel what those people are feeling. Help me to feel them. Because if I don't feel what they're feeling, it's hard to do the third one, which is love them the way you love them. I believe that all these things that we're experiencing in the world right now, whatever it might be, it could be politically, it could be racially, it could be socioeconomically, whatever the issue is that we're dealing with in our world, if we were to do those three things as Christians, we can't fix the lost world, 
stop trying to fix the last world already, okay? Let's, let's just do that. We can't fix them. Only Jesus can. Only the Holy Spirit can change the last world. He will use us, but let us do the work of saying, Father, I don't understand that person or that group or that belief system. Help me to understand why they think the way they do. So if you can get to the root of their issue and we can really truly see what they're seeing, understand what they're, even if we don't agree with them still, but if we can understand, then we can start feeling what they feel. We can understand that's why they feel that way when I say those things. Light bulb moment. And then I can love them and work towards getting them to the truth. If we can do that, we will see those people who we're against slowly come back to Jesus because Jesus is working on their hearts. But if we're repelling them, the words we're using are knowledgeable. We can never meet them where they're at and share the love of God. So we must speak life, speak life. How can we build people up so that we can bring them the truth? It's important. So let your words be used in such a way that they'll bring people to Jesus. All right, Liam, now you Hey, what's the big idea? For the idea? last time, I... And we will speak life over others. And so as the worship team comes back up this morning, I want to ask you just one simple thought. How well are you speaking life over your father? How well are you speaking life over your relationship with yourself? Are, are you speaking words that reflect God's love for you? <laughs> then lastly, how are you speaking life over those around you? I know it takes a lot of time and sometimes you can do it for just your family because that's where you're at. You're busy. You have a family to take care of wherever you're at. One of these three areas, I can guarantee you, we could focus on them all. But pick one of those areas today. Where do you need to speak life this week? So would you stand as we spend this time just reflecting on God's heart for us today where we're at? Father, we come before you and we know, God, that there is way more that we could have spoken about today in this message in this thought of of using our words to bring life whether it's with god whether it's with ourselves or whether it's with others god there's so much to develop but god in this brief moment where we look at a few verses from your word i pray that right now you would be working in the hearts of each person god we're all got a lot of things on our mind this world is definitely throwing stuff at us that maybe for the first time in our life we've ever experienced before. It's tough. It's not easy. And especially for the young people right now, Father, I'm just asking God for your peace to cover over them, to help them to understand all these things that are going on. And that you would be with their parents and, and their grandparents, Father, as they try to come alongside and help them, Father. I pray that your words would speak through them. And I just, I keep coming back to what Angie's testimony was. Father, how her father was influenced by his 
parents and probably parents above that father this is a generational thing father what we pass down to our kids father will continue for generations to come the bible is so clear on that as well and so father may we hear your words over us today the words that you are valuable much more valuable than the sparrow or the lilies or anything else created you are more valuable Jesus pour that into the spirit of every person today Chosen, not forsaken. They are who you say they 